0: Sweating in bed keeping you up at night? Whoa, get your mind out of the gutter. This isn't that kind of commercial. You need the cooling power of Purple, the mattress that is. It's comfort reinvented thanks to the Purple grid. It allows air to flow through, so you sleep cool and comfortable all night long. And it flexes and cushions no matter what position you sleep in. Hmm, maybe it is that kind of commercial. Anyway, save up to $400 on select Purple mattresses and bedding bundles. Get yours at purple.com slash sleep in. Terms apply. I
1: think the thing that killed me the most is in one of those like shedded gyms to where it's hot as fuck. Yeah. And if they open the door or have those big fans like back when we was in high school, which I like it because it's like you're getting trained, you it's a workout, it's not, it's not comfortable at all. Right. So you really trying to push through the shit to get it over with So you can get on to the next shit and get out of there. But yeah, it's definitely different. He's like, Where you been working out at? I said, LA fitness, man. It's always fucking there. You walk around this bitch in hell and heat. All right, I'm ready whenever y'all are. As long as we got the song.
2: You are now listening to the reality is the, the reality is one thing's for certain. Need you a right here in my arms, baby, I'm yearning, but I think I got a bone.
1: sexy one there artesia picked this one i don't know the name of the song i know it's tiana taylor but i don't know the actual of the song so what up world man this is anthony roberts host of the reality is where philtrum becomes extinct alongside my co-host artesia i don't know how much longer we'll be saying that since as you guys know if you've been listening we have added two new people to the podcast right now we're still in quarantine season into where we are bringing you guys bonus episodes just for the fuck of it something to keep you guys going something to keep ourselves relevant is and, it really still quarantine season? Oh, it's still quarantine. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what?
2: No, I mean, I know, but I see more and more people getting out. And- it's
1: about the same amount. If you look at any uh, news reporter, like I've been watching ESPN, and Amid, whatever that nigga name is, he ain't had a haircut <laughs> still. It's a lot of people on, you know, that that's doing social media, like, lives or yeah. people who are still working in the news, and you can tell, like, they're shaving, but they're just kind of slicking their hair back. Or if you're black, you kind of leaving it natural and having it froed. Yeah. So I definitely think it's still one of those things. I've been getting my hair cut, but it's a, a motherfucker. My barber comes to me. Shout out to the homie George.
2: VIP service.
1: So, uh, you know. I, I didn't want to be in the barbershop, but it was kind of difficult to keep looking like this. Right. If you're trying to do like IG lives and whatever, like it's, it's different. I think when you're famous or when you have some notoriety by your name, people don't care. They care about what you look like. But in this season, they still know what just want to hear what you have to say. At this point, if I come on looking crazy, somebody might be like, who the fuck is this janky nigga talking about? <laughs> Whatever the fuck he talking about.
2: I doubt it. With no been, edge, like, no haircuts. It's been plenty of times you didn't have a haircut nah. in the beginning, and you acted like you just looked the worst. But
1: it wasn't a month or two in. Like, some of these people are four months
0: in.
2: Yeah, I've seen some pretty rough-looking people. With no like, haircuts. Considering the circumstances, I still gave him a pass. Oh, okay.
0: I tried, man. I tried not shaving. I yeah. tried not cutting my hair. That, that shit is annoying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It,
1: it starts to like yeah. even if you're not going anywhere, it's just yeah. you're looking like something you're not familiar with. Right. And a lot of people accepted it. I think it was like Erica Badu a couple a month or so back when she was like, "I'm loving." you know, all these men with their natural beards and their natural hair and everybody just Mm -hmm.
2: being the natural color. Yeah,
1: the natural colors and everything, because there was a lot of actors Uh, like motherfucker like Kevin Hart was one of them. Like this nigga, it ain't no salt and pepper. These niggas (laughs) is straight salt. Yeah. But for years, nobody, you know, if you got appointments and you keeping up appearances, Mm -hmm. you looking apart. As you like me, like if I I don't shave, you'll see more of the gray hair. And then when I do shave, it's like, all right, it's barely there. Yeah. But uh, during the self-quarantine time, I know we've consistently been talking about what we've learned, what we've done. And I know this week I was talking to Artizi on the phone and I always try to start with me when I tell people about some things they can work on. So I was just telling her, I said, I think we got to work on humbling ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, it came from my perspective because there were people, and even in business, there are certain people, like if you're trying to work on a certain level, you kind of like, I ain't going to work with them or I don't want to work with this, you know, these type yeah. of people. And it's not that they're not, good or they're not decent at what they do it's mm-hmm. just like when you're trying to build a business you're trying to build it to a certain level that when people see that shit it, it, it has a certain character to it and it's consistent with what you've already been putting out
2: right and i thought it was funny when you brought it to me because i've always considered myself to be a humble person but the way that you explained it kind of made me think about it, I guess. And then also being on the podcast and hearing people chime in and give feedback and be like, dang, y'all really think highly of y'all selves.
1: Well, I ain't and never heard nobody say that to me, but.
2: You told me that too.
1: But I do think highly of myself. I do. <laughs> and, and I, I, think I don't think there's
2: anything wrong with that. Um, but in terms of like business and trying to get to the next level, I think, I definitely agree that my pride does get in the way sometimes about, you know, asking certain people or asking for help period and missing out on opportunities. I remember I'm trying to
1: think about it, but another thing too, though, it's a humbling situation, but I also had to look at like, as well as humbling ourselves, I had to look at the other part where it was like, I had to stop giving to certain people. Because mm-hmm. like even I was sitting up at the house the other day and I was like, you know, that amp I had in my place. I was like, where the fuck is my speakers? Oh, yeah, you always giving shit away. And I was like, where the fuck is my speakers? No at? But it's just it, <laughs> I mean, it's just who I am. I, if I don't have like all these times where I've talked about struggling on the podcast financially, mm-hmm. when I struggle, I also still try to give something away or do something different because it makes me feel better. Right so I, rem- I was looking around I'm like where the fuck is my amp at mm-hmm. and I was like okay I gave it to an organ- organization who's running some um, networking things around Dallas and I was oh, like yeah I
2: forgot you did that. yeah
1: because they needed some, you know the equipment and that they, they were are- using wasn't great and I was like hey I got some stuff that can help y'all mm-hmm. because it's important as a black business to put your best foot forward yeah. I heard Gary Vaynerchuk say you know if you want to do a podcast mm-hmm. just put it out there don't worry about the con- content but if you want to put something out, that but we don't same, have that luxury right. to put that garbage out to that out,
2: extent you can still just move forward I can. do agree and putting it out and actually going through the process. But yeah, you only get one shot.
1: So for us, it was just kind of like with the humbling myself, it was just like I told her, I said, we need to start being more open mm-hmm. about working with people. And
2: I did that this week and also we decided to read a book together. I know it's skipping ahead, yeah, but no, we'll come back we to it. decided to uh read this book together called Taking the Work Out of Networking. And that's something that's my main issue. Like yeah. I hate small talk. I hate feeling like I'm talking to somebody for yeah. A purpose of what they can do for me and what I can do for them, and, and so
1: and we're we'll, we're gonna jump on that. I'm just want to say if y'all hear me grunting and shit because I I ain't gonna be able to keep moving.
2: Okay, I just want to tell them why.
1: Yeah, I started back training this weekend, like
2: with an actual trainer, yeah. and, and it's he even kicked your to, ass,
1: and it's even tough to wipe my ass. Oh, we. Not. Like I'm not playing. Like if you could barely curl your bicep, you don't understand how much you need to curl your bicep uh-huh. to wipe your motherfucking ass, no, or to I, get I yourself either. up out of the tub, or to roll over in the bed, mm-hmm. or to put on your socks. Like all the things that are easy are right. fucking now hard.
2: But it should only last for like what two days? It's
1: been three days already. Well, you and should I go be back on the End of it. I hope so. By the yeah, day. <laughs> this should be, be the worst of it. Yeah. I hope so because be I didn't even. I told. Her, I said this is gonna be a long day. I slept for two hours last night. So I'm sorry I interrupted you, but you were talking about the, what is her name? Something wickery, Karen, Karen wickery. Yeah. And the name of the book is
2: taking the work out of networking.
1: So with us talking about the self-reflection, we did come up with reading the book mm-hmm. because we we were trying to learn how to humble ourselves, how to integrate ourselves into certain areas and that we may not want to be
2: connections. We already have
1: with that loose touch.
2: Right. <laughs> Which is in the book.
1: And when she talks about loose touch, it's basically saying like, So with networking, the reason we read this book, because we both do not like to network. And Dallas is very pretentious. It's a couple of bars here in Dallas where they even have the neon signs that says keep Dallas pretentious. That may be the name of the podcast so people can understand why we're saying this. So it says keep Dallas pretentious. And for us, times where we networked, we were networking in situations to where people would come up to us and ask us what it is we do before they ask you your name. right? And they didn't know how to, like, Using Stephen A. words Yeah, and it was transactional. They ingratiated themselves in your presence, not to befriend you or help mm-hmm. you, but to just leech off you. So for us, we just kind of got tired of that. And I hate to say this, but black people are the worst at this, I think. And the reason being is because we're low on the totem pole when it comes to business and business loans and sometimes business networking. So they end up trying to just not, I don't think intentionally doing yeah. it, but just trying to grab all this information, get to know somebody mm-hmm. all, all while showing themselves off or boasting about whatever resume they have
2: the pattern of what p- other people have said networking is
1: white people right. let's just be honest like white people have written the books on networking and all of this stuff and it's not that it's not uh beneficial because the mm-hmm. book we're reading is written by a white person mm-hmm. but a lot of the stuff even when i'm reading and i'm like it's so important for black people to speak up on certain things because mm-hmm. all the things that i saw her like thus far in chapter five yeah. talking about i'm like these are things that I know. And
2: kudos to you for getting to chapter five. Because I don't read normally you do not read like that. Like if
1: I read, I jump <laughs> around I through. jump around a book. Like <laughs> I'll look at the topics and I'll be like, all right, this is something that appeals to me. The reason being, I've even kind of I haven't jumped around with this book, but I've scammed through stuff real fast. Mm-hmm. At thirty seven, there's things that you know that you don't need to know about networking because we've already been doing this shit for mm-hmm. quite some time. So as I was reading certain things, I was like, I've done this, been there, done that. Yeah. And I was on my uh my 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 um Google Gray. Okay. That's read off of Mm -hmm. criminal minds where the nigga just looks at something. and he got an eidetic memory. So he just kind of puts his finger down the page and he done reading on the page in like 20 seconds.
2: Yeah. I think it's some stuff that you already know, but it's still good to read it. Um, in the perspective that is put in in the book with everything that surrounds I it. I did.
1: So, I just skimmed faster through it to where it's yeah. like, as I saw it, I was like, I got it, I got it, Look, I got
2: it. But you made it to chapter five, so that's good. The thing that stood out to me the most from what I've read so far is something that I never thought about, is the fact that me being an introvert mm-hmm. actually...
1: is beneficial. Right, when networking. it comes
2: to... Ne- and I never thought of it like that. I always just said, oh, I'm shy, that's not for me, I'm not going to go do it. But reading the book has given me some tips to be able to go out there whenever that's things You know, and even on social media, like I'm people reach out to me all the time and I, you know, just hit them with the cordial responses, but nothing more in depth.
1: Well, that's because not everybody deserves an in depth.
2: Oh, yeah. And I'm still not just going to do it just for the sake of it. But I am being more open to keeping tabs.
1: My struggles with networking is I don't like people. And, like, it's that simple. And I think, Spider, you probably respect that. But I don't like people because, for me, 90% of people are fake. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very rare that you run into somebody. Like, when I talk about wiping your ass, masturbating, or being broke or whatever, like, so many people, they laugh at the shit, but it's also so many people on the other spectrum that understand that. Mm -hmm. Like, not being funny, being a middle-aged 30-year-old is not, uh, it's not far-fetched to say oh i'm struggling like mm-hmm. i said if you're not a ball player or a rapper come from money or your dream hasn't just taken off yeah. or if you're not just one of those people who are like all right i'm gonna go get my MBA and then just work strictly corporate make 100 grand a year mm-hmm. like if you're literally trying to leave a footprint and you're like i forgot what i think it was bill street where he was like i'm just here i'm not trying to bend the earth oh, or yeah. bend the world if you're not trying to bend the world then mm-hmm. okay maybe you're okay but when you're trying to bend the world create something and leave a footprint it's difficult it, you're gonna have you're gonna go up and down mm-hmm. up and down because you're investing in yourself, you're investing into the the universe, you're investing into the circle around you. Yeah. Sometimes that takes time. Sometimes that takes physical ability, mm-hmm. mental uh, property, and, and, and your physical, like, it just takes a lot out of you. Yeah.
2: And things change. And sometimes you grow out of what you thought was your actual support system. Yeah. So it's like you end up being out there on your own. And that's what I felt like mostly this week with transitioning to my new career. Yeah. Because I've been feeling like, okay, I have all these questions, yeah. no answers. And normally, since I'm in charge of getting my own answers, it's like, where is my help? Well,
1: that goes to the mentorship, which is crazy. And we definitely are jumping around, which is why if you've ever said anything about my topics being scattered, we fucking scattered anyway. So that's why I just put them bitches out there because we never follow the shit. So George was talking about mentorship. And uh, George, again, is my Barbie. He was cutting my hair yesterday, and he actually gave me a lot of great tips. Mm-hmm. So I'm he cut my hair, and he we I think we were talking about mentorship. And he was talking about how it was this one older guy that used to come into the barbershop all the time. And he was like he would give out great advice. And he was just an upstanding dude in the community. And he was like I reached out to him one day and he was like I was talking to him in the barbershop as I was cutting her. And I was like, yo, you're always saying some, you know, philosophical shit. And you mm-hmm. always seem like you know what you're talking about and you know what lane you're in. And you seem to just be confident in where you are in life. I was wondering if you don't mind mentoring me. You know what I'm saying? Or just giving me some ideas on how to be better. Mm-hmm. And he was like, the guy just kind of laughed and he kept talking to him, but he never addressed it. And then he never reached back out to him. Really? So basically it was like a no without even saying no, which I've experienced that quite a bit. Wow. You don't have to ask for mentorship verbally, but when you actually sh- like, support somebody and you're around Mm -hmm. them and you compliment like sometimes you got to just see the people fucking with you and be willing to give that that information back out and i told artesia this week i said i want to get to a point to where i'm literally giving the information that i've gained Mm -hmm. and giving it back
2: now at what point do you do that because i don't mind helping anybody and giving information Mm -hmm. but sometimes it becomes where you're just giving 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 And you're not getting anything in return. Well, that
1: would be more mentorship. Like I wouldn't just give it to the masses. I mean, if I'm doing it like that, then goddamn it, it's a webinar and I'm getting paid for it. (laughs) Like, that's what I would be. But like, there are people that I see and one-on-one and I see them doing things Mm -hmm. and I've reached out to a couple of younger people, Mm -hmm. you know, about working together, doing projects like not being funny. I've seen them using like low quality things and things I can prep them on and teach them how to do something better Mm -hmm. to where they can skip the steps that I had to endure Mm -hmm without having to but a lot of times not being funny people want to be who they want to be they want to do what they want to do and they want to learn their way yeah. and then when they want help they look for it when help may have already been there and you never took it and right. i know because i've been that never.
0: Well, that and a lot of people need to go through that stuff that they you do. went through, through to get to where you are True, right? you know I mean? some but people just can't skip steps like that, no, and, that and that's tr- i guess that's true it Cause, sucks cause because you mentorship won't know if seems- you
2: missed out until you go through that process
1: yeah Yeah. because even if you I mean yeah because even if you mentor a motherfucker or your parents tell you what not to do sometimes you you still do it and then when you get it you're like all right I get it but at least you make that mistake one time as opposed to I know me it's some mistakes I made three and four times and I'm like when is somebody gonna fucking tell me because people would tell me all the time did you get the lesson Well, you keep going through things (laughs) that's what people in churches say you You keep going through things until you get the lesson Mm -hmm. well who the fuck gonna tell me the lesson so if you like I've talked about this week reflection yeah but if you're not
2: it just comes to you
1: mine came a lot of the shit that came to me came to me at 37 that could have came to me at 30 yeah with 32 right. with mentorship mm-hmm. i would have made those mistakes but i would have recognized them Quickly. we are all so fucking self-absorbed social media has helped that mm-hmm. to where even when we make mistakes we're willing to blame somebody else yeah before looking at ourselves because we're so it, like they say instant gratification you post girls are are, are, are uh what's the word for this this is basically something that girls do all the time. They'll post something for instant gratification, a picture. Got if they you. having a bad day, they post a picture of themselves, they get 150 likes, it makes them feel better. Mm-hmm. Niggas will post a picture, may doing the same thing, get 30. So you can't go to the internet for the most part unless you're a thirst-trapping nigga yeah. with your shirt off for instant it gratification. Is quite a few of them. Yeah, it is. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, you know, you yeah, get what I'm saying. I get what you're saying. Um, With the self-reflection, it was crazy because one of my homegirls, you know, and I told you about this, hit me up this week.
2: Oh, okay.
1: And... When she was well, she hit me up last week and when she hit me up last week, mm-hmm. I was like, OK, why is she reaching out? Like we don't have this kind of relationship anymore. Yeah. But she hit me up. She texted me and she's like, hey, I want to talk to you this week. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I gave her time to call. We ended up getting on the phone. And basically this was a relationship friendship that started out as a friendship and then turned into somewhat of a relationship sexually. And. It wasn't supposed to, but if you, I mean, I guess like Jada and Akasa seen, if you hang together long enough, motherfucker so, get entangled. Yeah,
2: yeah an entanglement. <laughs> you know we about to see this word for I everywhere. A, it's gonna be just like expeditiously with oh T.I.
1: but the, the I just had to throw that in there because I really don't address a lot of shit, but we will talk about that. I guess we can maybe hold that topic until Frank gets here. Yeah.
2: It's okay. Fine.
1: So, but with the situation, she called me and we got on the phone and she was talking to me. And she's like, "Hey, I just want to start out by saying, um." Thanks for being a friend. And she kind of told me some things she was going through and she was like, I don't have the, the male friendship that I used to have with you. The perspective of somebody being honest with me without trying to fuck and without trying to whatever, like I'm just looking for real honesty. And she was like, our friendship, we had that. And, you know, she's like, I know things have changed in your life. You and our T's are pretty close. She may be one of your best friends. I'm sure you got other friends. But she came back apologizing how our friendship ended. Because it was on both of us, but it was more so on her just kind of stonewalling me. And when she apologized and kind of dived into why she did what she did and and why she wants this friendship to get back on track. In my mind, it was a humbling situation Mm because I was like, it's so many times I felt like I've done that before. Mm -hmm. I've done that like two or three times in the last two years. And I remember telling her, I was like, why don't nobody ever do that shit to me? Like, I do feel like I am a friend Mm -hmm. worth having around. But also, as I've learned pretty much over the last month, people seem to be, uh, even my family, seems to be scared or weirded out to fucking talk to me about real shit. So you,
2: ha- you have a presence.
1: I'm, I mean, yeah. that's it. And it's never explained.
2: No, I mean, that's the thing. I don't know what it is because I thought I the, no idea before either. before we became friends, I thought the same thing. I just so happened to, you know, stick around and see what you were about.
1: And then, you know, I always got to give an honest, situ- uh, honest story because I think it's important to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I hit our What day I hit you up this week? I think it was probably Monday or Tuesday when I was crying on the phone. I was uh, trying that- not to. Oh,
2: yeah, that was Monday, I think.
1: Yeah. So and, it ha- and what even is supposed to be like this? But I don't know what people deal with this, but I woke up one day. I woke up on Monday and I've been feeling this way for a while, just feeling like, I'm going to the next level. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll preface it by saying this. These weren't bad tears. These were tears of understanding of growth Mm -hmm. and then being like, damn, so much of shit happened. But right now in my life, I'm getting more money than I've ever gotten. Mm -hmm. We have more business ideas and business transactions than we've had and opportunity. And it's like all of this have happened during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And then I told you, I was like, I've been trying to grow to a point where I'm like, okay, um, I think if I got in a relationship again, I'd be better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not against not having a kid. Like I told her, I said, I wish I would have kept one of those babies that got away from me over the last 10 years. You know, whether it be through abortion or mis- m- m- uh, miscarrying or whatever the case may be and not just being ready. I wish I had one because of things that, you know, I've been through.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And as I was talking, Artisa, I kept going back and forth and I was like, all right, I'm going to wait out. I- I was like, I want to yeah, tell and you I was some like, shit. But
2: why are you getting so quiet? And I was
1: like, I want to tell you something, but you know, when you want to say something, you about to yeah. cry. Your voice be like, nah. it's just it's like you sh- can't. Voice. It's shaky. Yeah. And and like I told her, I said I'm not even embarrassed because it's not a bad thing. I was you like, you but,
2: shouldn't be because it was plenty of times <laughs> that, that did I did right? that with you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but like I, I'm just not used to this I shit. Know. So as it was happening, I just kept. T- I was like, wh- I, it probably had to be like five minutes, bro. Back and forth. I was like, yeah. I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna say this shit. Just give me a moment. And after a while, I was like, fuck it. I just have to say it. If I cry, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So I was talking and I literally was like, this is one of those times where I need my father. (laughs) I was like, it would be great if my father was in my life right now to see the things that I've done, see the things that I'm doing Mm -hmm. and be able to give me some insight. Yeah, A lot of times parents have made mistakes and they have failed us and they don't want to say it Mm -hmm. or admit to it. And we don't want to tell our parents that because right. black people especially, we respect our parents. Oh yeah. To tell them something <laughs> that they that they have not done, mm-hmm. it hurts us. Yeah. Cause we know we're probably gonna hurt them. But so I think try we try
2: to ha- avoid the conversation exactly. for as long as possible, but it's still a necessary. It has conversation to happen. It has to, Yeah.
1: Where's the growth? Right. Where's the growth if nobody can tell you what's what? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it was just one of those things where I was like, this is a great time to where my father was here it would mm-hmm. be great. Even with all the mistakes he's made in his life. Tell yeah. me the mistakes you made and how you so made you them and why you made them so them. I can avoid them or motherfuckers. better
2: understand what why? they were going through because that's something that we realize. Yeah. So we just need the backstory.
1: And then when you understand who your family is, me and Artis, like, uh, I don't know if we were together or not, but we went home to Texas and We were yeah, talking to my grandfather. We were still together. And my home. grandfather was telling, like, you know, we was, we telling all these stories. It was
2: like a light bulb went off in my head.
1: And it was all these pictures. Mm-hmm. And like, I've always been open to like interracial dating. It don't matter if it's white, black, blue, green. I've dated like six or seven races mm-hmm. and, or slept with, and it's a difference. <laughs> And I told her, like, when we were there, she, when we were driving back home, she was like, this is why you're open and you're willing to date white women and whatever else. She's like, you're so open. But I and see now because all my right. uncles have, like, they either dating or married to a white woman, mm-hmm. Mexican. One is married to a Japanese. Like, our family is just so wide open to those things. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole part of our family that is closed off to that. Mm-hmm. But like I told her, I said, talking to my grandfather, which I didn't have the best relationship up until two years before he died, as he was telling me all this shit, I'm like, now I'm starting to begin to know who I am. Right. And a lot of black people, we struggle with that when we hit that wall in like 1863, because no matter how much ancestry DNA and African DNA you do, yep. we still hit a wall because there's a gap of about 50 to 100 years where we don't know who the fuck we were, where we came from, so on and so, and so forth. And that's why you end
2: up running around in circles trying to figure shit out.
1: Who you are. And, you- or trying to be mm-hmm. somebody that you're not. Yep. Or why we tell other black people who speak proper, you sound white. No, nigga, I just speak yeah. the right way.
2: The whole discussion of not being black enough or being too black, I just, I, I don't understand it.
1: Very true. So I'm going to move on to the next topic. I, I started to start this one off. This is the thing that me and George joked about, too. I, I, and I'll preface it by saying there's three things white people should never mention when talking to a black person. Okay. Unless this your friend. Like, if spider, me and Spider, he knows me well enough to say certain things. Okay. Don't ever mention monkeys. Don't ever mention watermelon. And don't ever mention fried chicken. Yesterday, I was talking to my manager. He's a great guy. I can vouch for this nigga. He is white, but he's cool. Been my manager for about three and a half years. Cool guy. We talking on the phone, bro, before a meeting. And on this meeting, you know, these jobs and companies are really addressing this whole open town hall shit where we talking about race and all of this shit. So I was telling him, we were talking about apartments because that's kind of what I'm into. My day job is like project management Mm -hmm. with auditing and supply chain. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm doing this shit, we talking, and I was like, yeah, man. I was like, apartments ain't doing nothing right now. None of my people will even come into my apartment because of COVID. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to get my garbage disposal fixed because it's been broken for like a month or two, and they won't come by. And he was like, yeah, man. He was like, what they supposed to do, come out there? They got." He's like, what if I got my watermelon rinds in the, in the thing? And I was just like, out of all, in my mind, I'm thinking, out of all the fruits. Maybe this." Like- <laughs> that, But that's what I'm saying. He may just want it. Yeah. That's why I didn't take it that way. <laughs> but I wanted to educate him in that moment to just say, this is a death it trap, trap for for, for black people through. who don't know you right. and for black people, because there are some black people just seek out a fight when it ain't no fight to be fighting. Be careful saying, white people, anything to a black person that is not your friend about monkeys, watermelon, and chicken, mm.
0: don't bring it up. So that's all i say about that. Okay. Well, let me say- <laughs>
1: That was a perfect
0: intro. Watermelon and fried chicken is fucking delicious. It is. I don't know how that got pinned on black people, but you're right. You can't bring it up. And I said the same shit.
1: Who was I, I when I was talking to George? Mm-hmm. I said, and it's so crazy that it is put on us. I was like, white people love oh, watermelon yeah. just as much as they love fucking pumpkins. And I was chicken. like, in any fu- in the hood, mm-hmm. only motherfucking places in Dallas you're not gonna see white people in the chicken line is Rudy's. Or a fucking halls chicken? No,
2: no, that's a lie. Well,
1: yeah, you right. now maybe now it is. Yeah, because yeah. oh yeah, it's justification. So everything is like within five hours too. Well, no, even still, two.
2: my coworkers drive from far north Dallas just to go to Rudy's.
1: So again, nobody can keep putting that shit on us. My we everybody loves fucking fried chicken. Yeah, chicken tenders, chicken wings, chicken baskets, chicken fingers, <laughs> steak, <laughs> like whatever. There's the whole
0: damn restaurants with nothing but chicken. But nothing but chicken, around. chicken fried
1: chicken, Like that's what I'm. So yes.
2: That oh, made me think about babes. Remember, we used to. Fuck oh, it? yeah.
1: Oh. They barely got that anywhere, though, but that's where you can get a good home cooked meal. Oh, my God. And spe- we used to fuck that shit <laughs> up. With all of this talking, all of this shit is flowing because one thing I did want to talk about, too, that George brought up was black people, we were taught to clean our plate because someone out there doesn't have enough food to eat. Oh, yeah. And that leads to a lot of obesity and overweight people in the black yeah. community because literally i remember when we would sit down to eat i would eat if you wanted ice cream or if you wanted any kind of cobbler you had to clean your fucking plate mm-hmm. and you may not even and, and you didn't eat all that shit because you wanted to say
2: Rude for the fucking was, cobbler if you were full in my household it was like take one more bite and then
1: it's like bitch you're force feed me <laughs> and everybody has a grandma or big mama that if you're any if you're in shape it's almost like they vouch for you to be yeah. fat and say, yep, oh, you need to put some hungry, skin on your put bones. Some on put some bones. meat on No, motherfucker, I want to live. Right. I don't want heart disease and <laughs> heart failure and congestion and Mm-mm. fucking diabetes and whatever else that can rise up because we are not Taking better care of ourselves. I was
2: thinking the other day. I don't. Know, I don't know how I used to eat as much as I did.
1: We both talked about yeah, that. Yeah, because
2: now, like, I literally only eat like a full meal once a day. The and other, then a snack it's, or two. Like a smoothie or a salad or something. Like, and and I'm good with that. And
1: I still be feeling but stuffed. But back in the
2: day, I used to be throwing like. When we first away started dating, we food. would go.
1: We would wake up in the morning because I <laughs> cooked the breakfast. breakfast when we were together. Yes. So like, I used to wake up in the morning. We would have like French toast and eggs. And, <laughs> Bacon, some fruit. I'm drinking coffee. She having tea. This motherfucker could eat every two hours. Any nigga who wants to date her nigga, you better oh, yeah. be making at least five I'm to six thousand dollars a month because a thousand dollars of your fucking money that is was the old food. me.
2: That was the old me. But
1: like, we would eat that, and we would eat like that. Maybe well, I'm talking damn to three to four square full meals mm-hmm. a day
2: and snacks in between. <laughs>
1: I didn't do the snacks. Give me the three meals. This (laughs) motherfucker used to eat six times. And she was like, I'm hungry. It keeps
2: your metabolism going. Eight in the morning.
1: It is. But how do you eat eight in the morning? She eat again a snack at 10. She eat lunch. (laughs) Then she eat a midday snack at two. Then she eat when she get home and cook for the kids. And I'm like, how are you eating all this shit? No way. But
2: I probably would have still been doing it if the weight hadn't started sticking. But we were talking
1: about like George was saying how um, he talked to this one guy. I don't know if he was white or whatever, but he was like, he told him he's like always leave something on your plate mm-hmm. and I've gotten to the point of doing that and like yeah. I told George I said well, me and Arteza could be out at a restaurant and if I'm done like that shit could be smelling good mm-hmm. and you know when you, you, you're you hungry you can eat it now I eat two or three bites and I'm like I'm done
2: and she's like what do you mean you're done me
1: like what do you mean you're done? I'm done I don't have it I may take it home or I may get rid of it but we, what I'm trying to say is we gotta learn to throw some shit away mm-hmm. we be wanting to save shit
2: or do like you do quite often like you'll take the leftovers and just give them to a homeless person or, or so they're not yeah. going to waste
1: or if it's something where I'm like it ain't even worth doing that I'll just take my napkin at the restaurant and, and throw it on my yeah, plate so you if you take it. your napkin and continue <laughs> eating then you are a motherfucking Savage. beast <laughs> If you because basically at that point, you're eating trash in public. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, I, but I thought about that and I was like, we are, we have to black people specifically but, have to unlearn some of these learned behaviors. But you
2: know, the crazy thing about it though is at home, I was taught clean your plate. When we went out to eat, I was taught to leave something on the plate. Don't clean your plate. <laughs>
1: I wouldn't talk, no. I just like,
0: thought no, Make sure if you're
1: going to eat it, don't just don't eat the that, right way.
2: Just leave something, nah, a corner.
1: No, nah, ain't nobody ever told me that. <laughs> I'd have been out in a restaurant scooping fork and knife to get the last off <laughs> I of
2: something.
1: Know. Hey, but now, but like I say, at this point, I don't eat it all. But I think black people, we do have to learn to leave some shit on the motherfucking plate. Go to the gym, yeah. invest in your bodies. Black mm-hmm. people, we have that bad. We will invest in what's Everything on our bodies, else. but we won't invest but what we're putting in our bodies. Yep. I spent about $50 dollars yesterday on on pills and medicine mm-hmm. that I need. You know what I'm saying? Shit for my memory. Shit for my joints.
2: Yeah, Don't just say pills.
1: <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. Like Whatever the case may be. Jinko. Is it Jinko? Ginko, biloba, uh, whatever. Like, th- those were the jeans. Yeah, that yeah. Like <laughs> Yo, Oh, yeah, yeah, Jinko jeans. G- yep. Those big ass motherfuckers. Yeah. That's what them goth people used to wear yeah. or, the, or the people with the skateboards and shit. Mm-hmm. But nah, man, I, I just think we have to try to unlearn some of these learned behaviors. I think it's going to offend Um, If you if you do it right, it should offend somebody. It should offend your parents because they're going to say we didn't raise you well enough. No, just like all these memes that are coming out we are the generation that is taking what our parents wanted to do Mm -hmm. and we're fucking doing it. Actually doing it. And even some of our, yeah. And our parents, some of them don't like the way we're doing some of this Mm -hmm. thing, but you know what? At least we got to, we either creating the table for us to have seats or we're taking seats or they're inviting us now because we putting pressure on motherfuckers y'all. And a lot of them, weren't willing to do so. Mm
2: -hmm. Every generation has always been that way. Yeah, It's a better way to do things, period. I was having a conversation with my supervisor because we were talking about having to come back to working at the office full time after being allowed to work from home. And he's an older gentleman, so he was saying that he thought that working from home was just going to be the worst thing ever because he's used to structure and Ended up going home and being like, now he doesn't want to work in the office. He was like, now I see what y'all millennials were talking about when it comes to being able to have that freedom because I got way more done with my day. But why
1: would you even want to work? Like, at this point, like a lot of people are working from home. Why not keep it that way? Mm
0: -hmm. A lot lot of these companies have seen that they can do it now, so they'll keep doing it. And they'll keep doing
1: it. Most of them are. But I want to know the financial reasoning behind some of the people that are saying still come in. It has to be a financial reason of some sort. Or it's taking a loss on the brick and mortar building that you're working out of.
2: Right. I think it Well, in my case, it's more so just for appearances. And it's sad at the end of the day, but we don't have to be there. But because I work in an affluent neighborhood, they want to know that somebody's Somebody's there.
1: there. See, that's the kind of part that's hard for me because it's just difficult. Like to do like, I you know me, like I sent you that email. I emailed my manager the other day. We had some mm-hmm. uh, travel projects possibly coming up in some around town. And I was just like, nah, bro. I, I, it was professionally written. But <laughs> I but but nah, nah, bro. Bruh. Like this ain't
2: <laughs> happening. <laughs> right.
1: So I sent it to RTs and I was like, hey, can you look at this email? Make sure it's professional enough mm-hmm. to, I just thought about something. I think you know what I'm thinking about. But I was like, make sure this is professional enough to send mm-hmm. to him. Then I sent it to my uh, my manager, and you know who's here. And then I sent it to our manager regionally. And when he read it, he was like, "Cool, you know." And my my manager was like, "Yo, I, I understand. Let me go to bat for you." Which is why I love my company. They don't just say no. Yeah, they do go to bat for you. If I've had ten yeses or nos, I've out of yes and no, I would say I have seven yeses, three nos. Seven. That's a seventy percent is a really considering. good considering yeah. yes. What's going on? What's been going on? And before all this started, but. I just didn't feel like it was safe to do so. I don't give a fuck who I work for, what I'm making. I'm not putting myself at risk to where if I keep going to work and mm-hmm. I catch it, there's no guarantee I'm going to beat this shit. Right. So then if I die, you're just going to replace another motherfucker with me. Yeah. Maybe for less pay because he's new. So I'm going to tell you, I'm not going. Mm-hmm. And especially, like I said, if y'all are sitting up in the office or at home in your home office mm-hmm. and you saying that y'all not coming back in the corporate office until January, Yep. Come on, bro. Why the fuck am I supposed to put myself at risk? I also said to black people, this is the time to start speaking up, take advantage of this shit. You this is the time. time to start asking for your goddamn raises yes. and the shit that you are owed. I've been doing it, but these
0: are the prime times.
2: I've never yeah. been viewed as militant before, but I've been speaking now. up so much at work.
0: You should. <laughs> there's a overcorrection initially. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. Like people are going fucking wild right now. I they think are, so they about tied of, of that ass. shit. <laughs> what I say? think they
2: about tired of my ass right now.
1: Well, you know, like I said on the meeting yesterday, what our what our work call, like it, it came up and I kind of dreaded it. I've dodged all the town hall meetings on Zoom. And even today, I, I mean, even yesterday, I reached out to my manager before and I said, hey, do I have to be on this call today for Zoom? If I have to be on it, can I just be on this bitch without the video?
2: Is that really what you said? Yeah. Oh, I uh, thought she was like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be on the call, but I'm not going to have my camera.
1: Well, <laughs> I don't I don't push back so hard with him because they give me more mm-hmm. yeses than no's. And I think that's another thing. It's a difference to be militant or be pro-black. Right. But you also got to know when motherfucker, you're going to use all your goddamn rope up. Exactly. So you got to use that shit properly. So like, and, and the crazy part, I wasn't expecting it. So he called the higher up manager. I'm like, so now it's three niggas on the phone. Then by niggas, I mean men, yes. you know, two white, me black. But it turned out great. And they were asking, hey, you know, they explained themselves. And at the end of the day, I was like, this is not a a set thing where I'm saying I need this. Mm -hmm. But we used to do phone calls. Now we're doing meetings in Zoom. Some people don't like to be seen or if they've been sitting around the house all day, their hair not done, whatever. I was like, and today was just one of them days I wasn't feeling it. He was like, well, just because whatever, it's only twice a month. I was like, cool. Mm -hmm. Agree to disagree. That's cool. We could do it. We get on this call. This is another thing I'll say. Not every black person should be speaking about black issues. They had one nigga. He cool as shit, bro. But he was talking about... Uh, all these personal stories that didn't tie into one. He was starting other stories without finishing some. <laughs> then he got to another point where he was like, well, I think we'll all be good if the rich white folks. And I'm like, nigga, you oh, cannot Jesus. talk to G N C E O C O O S COOs and say all these rich white men. And then he tried to catch bro. Mm. So when they came to me, they, cause they know who you I am. We've fixer. had, these, yeah, we've had these conversations <laughs> prior before with my managers. So they was like Anthony, anybody else got anything to say? And I was like, all I can say that black <laughs> people want to know is, and I say, excuse my candidness, If you're racist or you're a bigot, show your face. Mm -hmm. That's all black people care about. We don't give a fuck if you're racist. Show your face. Let us know where you stand. You don't have to stand with us. You don't have to believe like we believe. You don't have to do what we think we need to be done to make us better. Mm -hmm. Just let us know who you are. Don't be a coward. Shake my hand, and when I turn my back, you wipe it on the side of your jeans. Mm -hmm. Be a real motherfucking man or woman all the time. And that's what black people are sick of with these Karens Mm -hmm. and these fake-ass dudes who acting like they whatever. Be that all the time. Because where where black people stand is if we don't like you, we're not going to fucking speak to you. That's
2: it. And we don't don't have to. Because I had a situation at my job where the guy felt like I had to talk to him, but he didn't have to talk to me. No, if you don't want to talk to me, I don't don't have to talk to you. And that's how it's going to be.
1: And white people understand this. If you are a manager or a CEO or CEO of a company... It's just like I used to say about pastors in church
0: mm-hmm.
1: when I was young. Nigga, once you leave that brick and mortar, you are a man. Mm-hmm. That that title, nobody knows you're CEO. We just see a white man driving a nice car. Right. Or a, white, a black pastor drive. Like, I remember after church talking to the neighbor, like, oh, so and so. I'd be like, you mean so and so. And I would say his name, and they'd be like, you mean bishop? I'm like, oh, you
2: didn't refer to them. No,
1: that nigga's a man. We're not at church. I'm not I'm not the type of nigga I used to question my mom and my, my grandmother. Mm-hmm. You got white Jesus on the wall. Yeah. You got whatever the present it is. <laughs> and then you got your pastor. The Bible says do not idolize false gods. I don't mm-hmm. believe in that bullshit anyway. But if you believe. Those are false gods. We yeah. didn't ever have a Christmas tree up nigga for Christmas because they felt like that was idolizing a false God and a Christmas tree it's being so related to hypocrisy. It's so much fucking hypocrisy. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. I don't even. We got a few more minutes before we get ready to wrap up. I wanted to talk about this person before we close and we'll take some of these other topics into the next hour. Uh, are you done making fun of black women? Uh, I had a person I used to work with when I worked at fidelity and um, she reached out to me, barely reaches out to me
2: Narrow it down.
1: Why don't you Yeah, narrow it down? I just, I'm not going to say a name. I'll just say fidelity, but she hit me up. I had posted something and like, promoting black people, period, and just uplifting black women. Mm-hmm. So she inboxes me. Mind you, we've been following each other on social media for years, haven't spoke since we worked at Fidelity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: 12 years ago. She comes out and says, oh, so you're done making fun of black women now? Mm-hmm. Or dark-skinned women? I said, was this message meant for me? <laughs> or was it meant for somebody else? Because, like, I, it, I, I was blown away by, by it. Yeah. So then I said, I'm not sure what you're talking about. So a day later, and what I realized is she Always answer because you can see when somebody reads your shit. She always answered when the nigga was asleep. She responded at like three A.M. Because mm-hmm. bitch, I'm gonna give you the business. So then <laughs> she responds again and I'm gonna pull up my phone. Artiza, you wanna talk or we could just play music in the post production.
0: Uh, at three AM though, it could have been uh alcohol fueled. That's what? true. Well
2: you know
1: she should have stayed in her lane. Let me find this <laughs> damn thing. And okay. not being funny, she probably already Yeah, there it goes right there. So she said, uh well, I responded and I said, I definitely laugh again because it wasn't, Well, she posted the, I was like, what are you talking about? And she yeah, posted she the video did. and the video I posted a couple months ago was this black dude. And he was like, um, how God made black women. Mm-hmm. And he had like water bottles and it was like, a paid, lot of
2: those were going around. They were funny.
1: They were funny and not being funny. Like I said, some stereotypes are true. Yeah. And he was pouring and he was like, uh, I think it was like they can cook and he poured like a half thing of water. And he was like, they are stylish. And he poured whatever. And he was like the respect. And he like, put a little dip of like respect and you know, whatever else. And then at the end he was like violent and he just poured like two no, things of water. Attitude. No, it was violent. It was, yeah, it was violent. Oh, Jesus! But the reason he was saying that, if you know, like darker skin people, period, mm-hmm. are just more aggressive than any other lighter skin. Look at me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Ain't no light skinned skin. nigga like this. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if it is, it's rare. But the point of the matter is it, uh, stereotypes. Some of them are true. Motherfucker, I'm black. I can laugh at that. I mm-hmm. understand that. I didn't go out and say they stupid or they this or they that. Right. I've never disrespected black women. If I have, then it just may be a hit dog hollering. Mm-hmm. But when she said that, I I told her, I said, I said, I definitely laugh again because it wasn't serious. I'm not sure if you are, but good morning. She said, good morning. Good to know how you feel. I think black women get enough BS and the last place we need it is from black men, whether you think the comments are made in jest or they not cool. I said, well, I know who I am. And I know what I stand for, how I fight for my people on the everyday level. But I ain't about to explain my humor to you. Sorry Mm -hmm. that you feel this way and sorry you don't know me well enough. Good morning to you as well, Miss Lady. The point of the matter is I'm not I could have disrespected her. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? My response was valid to let you know you don't dictate what I laugh at. I guarantee if I look back through some shit, she's done the same thing. We're all fucking hypocrites in some Mm -hmm. kind of way. So take your hypocritical ass and get the fuck out of my DMs or stop following me, motherfucker. But if you don't know me, shut your fucking trap.
2: Yeah, it's exhausting because then it's like you have to explain yourself um, yeah.
1: because you feel like they're black and then she's a black woman and you respect and them then, and you don't want nobody to, to see and you, and you as this you person. Fuck you
2: If you genuinely find something funny and you want to post it, fuck
1: you. Then, yeah. yeah, because it's like, how you are how you going to tell me who to be? Yeah. I don't even know who you are at this time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you do. So for me to see something when I don't know you and say, oh, I saw one post. Oh, you don't like white people? That's just like some white people come on my page. You don't like white people? Nigga, get out my I don't even argue. Go mm-hmm. listen to the whole podcast because I check everybody, even my motherfucking self. Right. What you got to say before we get out of here?
2: That's about it. I think we should end on that
1: note. Yeah, because we got a couple more seconds. Frank should be here in a minute. And everybody knows, if you don't know, that nigga will blow your phone up and he'll be standing right outside. (laughs) And it's like, nigga. Or bam on the door like he did the last time. Yeah, oh fucking Neanderthal. (laughs) Like, we know you out there, nigga. Just hold down. What song are we going out to? What did you have for us going out? Oh, uh,
2: my song right now, Elephant in the Room by Black.
1: All right, man, y'all be blessed. Inhale courage to excel success. And I, my new model for uh, 2020 and 2021, professionalism looks different on me. Y'all take it easy. Well, and the yeah. people, the white people. And then when you look at a Bible, we're living off the King James Version. Didn't that nigga have a whole bunch of wives? Didn't he talk about them being gay? But, like, this is the shit that we're living off of. Right. And then what, nigga, if I gave you this computer right now, mm-hmm. and 20 years from now I tried to give you this computer with all the, the upgrades, would you take this computer yeah, and believe in this? No. So why the fuck are we going off a Bible that has an Old Testament and a New Testament, but not a new New Testament, and it was never any revisions to make it better? For the same fucking reason we're going off a constitution that was established. Exactly. 1900s, it's man-made and so. laws and exactly. rules to keep you in line. To benefit a certain group. Yeah, it's a simple system, really.
2: Share the shine. Enjoy a medium Dunkin' Coconut Refresher for $3. Order ahead plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer includes classic Dunkin' Refreshers.
0: Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the
1: shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on
0: NBC4.